Are you an educator who works with vulnerable children? Are you frustrated with trying to meet the needs of vulnerable children in an inflexible, target-driven system? Would you like to know how you can better help support these vulnerable children in your school or organization? Well, look no further. Welcome to this special podcast series from Braveheart Education. Now, please welcome your host and the author of The Teacher's Introduction to Attachment, Nicola Marshall. Welcome to number 22 in our special podcast series on the teacher's introduction to attachment. And this is actually the last in this special series. Uh, and I'm going to be talking about the two final chapters in the book. Um, one is about resources and the other is just kind of a final word of warning as you work with children who've experienced trauma. So in terms of resources, we take a look in the book at what are some of the resources that we have and some that we need from elsewhere. So the inner and the outer resources. The inner ones are what do you have already internally? So what knowledge do you have already? It may be of the child in particular. It may be a knowledge of something else that you can use with the child. Um, skills. What are the skills that you have? Resilience patience, tenacity, all of those kind of uh, character traits you, you, you're going to need to be using. I remember recently somebody was talking about a conference that they were at, I think, and um, so it was at a school and everybody from the school was there and somebody had said, who is the person who all the children go to if they have a problem? And they all turned to this one woman and she kind of turned around as if to say, what, me? Um, and she was the gardener. And um, I thought, you know, that's probably true because she's got no expectations on them. She's, you know, she, she's not going to be shouting at them in the same way that a teacher might. And so she has got, she's in a unique position to have a real amp impact on um, children. So look for that. Look for patience, um, resilience, something about yourself that you can use to really help children. Um, externally then, what other things might you need and what is out there? So other colleagues, it's very important, I think, to bounce ideas off each other. When we run our courses, we try and encourage people to come uh, two at a time from a school because I think it... It, um, it, it embeds the knowledge a bit better when you can go back and talk to somebody else about it. Uh, you'll both have a different perspective on it um, and you'll probably both be working with the different children. So that, that helps as well. Um, there are lots of experts in the field of attachment. Um, there are people that you can have access to, like myself uh, and others, other independent people like that. There are experts uh, that we don't have so much kind of ready access to that you can read things about. You can go to conferences. People like um, Bruce Perry, uh, Dan Hughes, Kim Golding, who's um, British, Louise Bomber, who's British and works in schools. Um, so there's a lot of people around that are experts in this field. Uh, and of course, there's professional um, resources, people like uh, your CAMS team, your therapists. And it's worth trying to find out who is out there that has knowledge of attachment, but also might have knowledge of other things. So I know, for example, we... Uh, came across somebody recently who um, works uh, for something called Sleep Solutions, uh, that work for Scope, and um, they're great in terms of if if a child has a problem with sleep uh, and parents don't know what to do about it. So to bring in a specialist for a child on a particular subject, like food, would be another one. You know, to bring a nutritionist in to help that person. Um, there's also other 
therapies out there that can be very useful. Um, things like music therapy, drama therapy. There's something at the moment that I know happens at a school near to me where they um, they do dog reading. So children will read to a dog. Um, and a friend of mine who's daughter is adopted and really struggles at school she loves this um, service that they provide so she will go um, you know a couple of times a week maybe and spend half an hour or so with this dog read to them because they're you know they're non-judgmental <laughs> they listen to what you're saying it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong uh, and she loves animals so just being around um, the animal is really good horse therapy as well is something um, that you know if you have a child who needs to connect with um, animals then there are therapists around who deal just with children you know with from difficult backgrounds with this whole resource area I, I think it's just important to say that you need continual development because things change very often and things change within the research around um, this area over the last 10 years we've we've learned such a lot more about brain development than we knew before and I know from people who I know who adopted uh, you know 20 years ago the impact on children when you know this um, stuff is just mind-blowing to what it was back then um, so there, there, there is an awful lot uh, of stuff around okay the final chapter that I just want to talk a little bit about then is what I've called a word of warning and this is really just uh, to talk about two different aspects of working with children who have experienced terrible trauma and, and, and experiences in their lives that can have an impact on us. And one is called secondary trauma. And this is really when you work or live with a child for a long period of time and their trauma kind of becomes part of, uh, of your experience. And you may become anxious, exhausted, irritable. You may feel powerless. Uh, you may be aware of their controlling behavior. You might feel sad or angry, fear or shame. And you might experience the normal kind of stress symptoms of headaches and difficulty sleeping and different things like that. And it can be because the impact of what they have experienced has, is so great on you that it's quite difficult to uh, to process what has happened for them. And this is bound to happen in a lot of cases because the compassion that you feel for them and the empathy that we've stressed in this series of, you know, being empathetic with children, that can have a downside in that, um, you know, you can start to feel the effects of that, uh, of really understanding where, where they're coming from. Um, the other thing that could happen that is a relatively new concept or, or, or certainly new in terms of these words is something called blocked care. And this is to do with parts of our brain that are built for um, relationship and for reciprocation. So there are parts of our brain that are fired up by the way that we receive love from other people. So if I am giving to my children, for example, and I'm not receiving anything back then over a period of time that can become quite damaging to your to that part of your brain I guess where you need reciprocation to be able to feel pleasure and it can get to the point where the care that you are trying to give to children becomes blocked and I've seen it very often with parents particularly where it gets to a point where you know sometimes it's too difficult to even be with the children that um 
the 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 fact that the reciprocation in the relationship is not coming back has meant that it's really hard to keep giving and not getting anything back so what can you do if either of these um impacts affect you the first is to acknowledge it the first is to be able to say that yeah you know this has affected me it's impacting me and actually it's making it hard for me to 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 work or to function or to be the person that I want to be Um, and that may mean secondly that you need to come away from the child for a a time it may be that you know you, you need to think with with your staff at school about how you might accommodate that child with somebody else if you're working one-to-one with a child you know maybe you need to start to get somebody else involved and have a period of time away from the child and the final and most important thing is to get help talk to your colleagues talk to professionals talk to counsellors whoever it is who can give you some help in terms of secondary care and blocked care So I hope that's been really helpful and I look forward to connecting with you in some other way. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Part of a special series introducing the teacher's introduction to attachment. To order your copy of this book, go to www.teachersintro.com.